Today, we celebrate the birth, really, or the birthday of the church. And whether you're in the room or online, I want you to give, I guess, give thought to that, the importance of church. You see, don't, don't believe the press releases that you see around, or, or don't believe that everything is bad. Yes, the church has done some pretty horrendous things over the years, but they actually, despite what maybe the media and some sections of society would have us believe, they are a very small minority to what the church has done of great importance over many, many years. And today we celebrate the birthday of the church. We call it Pentecost Sunday. And I would say for an approximately 2,000-year-old woman, she is looking elegantly beautiful. And today we start a new series called I Belong Here. And over the next few weeks, we'll be talking how that looks and what it means to us as a church. So if you're ready to get into the Word, before we do, why don't we stand and let's pray. Thank you, God, for this church. Thank you, God, for the church. Thank you, God, for our community. Thank you, God, for the wider community. God, I pray that as we, as we look at this series, I belong here. God, I pray that we would come with open hearts and open minds to what you want to say to us. I pray that, in, that somehow, as we talk, as we worship, as we pray together, Lord, that every single Sunday will, be, will help us love you just a bit more. And for those that don't know you, God, I pray that they would open their hearts and minds to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Why don't you take your seats? So for those of you that don't know, my wife is half German. If you talk to her for any length of time, tell a joke to her, or listen to one of her suspiciously unfunny jokes, you will very quickly understand that she's... Sorry, my dear. I'm sleeping in the bath tonight from the look of things. But... Her mum is in Germany, still in Germany, and, and we used to go to Germany pretty much every year to visit, and it's great. They live in this little village, and you sort of cut off from internet and things like that, and it's a great, generally a great rest and a great time. She has a, an amazing family out there. But as I go to Germany, I think it would be so much easier if they could just learn a language that I speak. Have you been places and you think, if only, if only they would learn my language, everything would be so much easier for me. Probably be easier if I spoke a language that they understood. But I am a typical English person, and I don't know what Canadians are like when you go to a, a, a place where they don't speak your language, like like America. Um, just so we know, there is English. There's no such thing as American English. There is English and there is bad English. Just so we're clear, you know, on the drop-down lists, it's English. But like a typical English person, I expect everyone to know my language and speak my language. They need to understand me. We are the center of the universe. And if people don't understand my language, this is how we tend to do it. We speak louder and slower 
and we move our hands around a lot as if that is going to help you. That's how we badly communicate as English people. I'm not sure what it's like in Canada, but I will learn as we go along. One of my favorite films over the years, apart from Top Gun, is Dead Poets Society. And I definitely need to watch that again soon. But in, there's this scene in Dead Poets Society where Robin Williams asks the students the question, what is language used for? And, and the bright one comes back to communicate. And Robin Williams comes back and says, no, it's to woo girls. He's speaking to an all-boys school. But there is a bigger purpose than just communication. There is a purpose to communication. So communication is not a purpose in itself. That would be like saying the purpose of the internal combustion engine is to put in a car. It's one of the things that happens, but it's not the only thing. A bigger question would be, why do we communicate? And it's much bigger, although I must say, it is part of the equation to woo girls. And every guy said, amen. We, um, we recently did just a small survey of our circle members. If you're not a member, can I encourage you? Become one. It's an incredible way of saying, this is my home. I belong here. My heart is here. And I would encourage you to speak to Pastor Paul about that. I think we've got a, a membership class coming up fairly soon. Is that right? If we haven't, we will have. <laughs> but we did, we did this survey, and, and it, was, it was really to try and gauge where we are as a church and how our members are feeling, and maybe some of the issues that our membership is facing. And one of the consistent issues that came back to us was, how do I talk to people about Jesus and how do I invite people to church? You see, you may have thought, I'm the only one that thinks that. But actually, there are a lot of us that think exactly the same. And maybe even if you didn't put it down on your, on your return form, you're thinking, yeah, that's actually me too. So it's a widespread problem, and we need to do something about it. In today's world, it's actually not going to get any easier. It's probably going to get more difficult because people are less accepting of truth. So why is Pentecost Sunday such a significant part of the solution for us? In Acts, we read of the birth and the first, I guess the first foray into the world of the church, the first influence of the church. The church was birthed by the coming of, of the Holy Spirit into the lives of that initial small group of Jesus followers. Last Sunday, I, I talked about the church's, ourselves included, unhealthy obsession with the things of the Spirit or an unhealthy avoidance of the things of the Spirit. And to quote a 1920s evangelist, she said, we stand in the middle, however, for a sane, wholesome power of the Holy Spirit that brings honor and souls to the Lord Jesus. I love that quote. I've used it so many times, but we stand in the middle for a sane, wholesome 
power of the Holy Spirit that brings honor and souls to the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to think about that for a moment. That's what we stand for when it comes to the things of the power of the Holy Spirit. In Acts 1, Jesus is still, still in that account. And partway through Acts 1, he's, he's taken to be with his Father in heaven bodily. But before he did that, he says to the disciples, the Holy Spirit would come when he left and that they would receive power, not to fall down, not even to speak in tongues, not to, to have gifts, not even to have the fruit, but to be his witnesses. That's what the Holy Spirit is about. The Holy Spirit empowers us to be witnesses to Jesus. I know we have a judge and several lawyers in this place, so hopefully I'm getting this right. A witness could be defined as someone who has relevant information about an event or a person because of personal observation or experience. You can get called as a witness to court. I've had to do that several times in my previous job as a social worker. You see, the Holy Spirit enables us, empowers us, enriches us, fills us so that we can be witnesses to who Jesus is, to his love, his grace, his forgiveness, his life, his hope. How incredible is that? As we live our lives, not just to speak words, because more than ever we see people that speak and write and they write things and speak things that don't line up. They're not consistent with their life. But Jesus empowers us to live a life that's consistent with the words that we speak or write. See, but the Holy Spirit does more than that. He empowers us to speak the language of the people around us. Can I ask you, do you, do you speak Christianese? Some of you have been around a long time, know what I'm talking about. We have our language and we try, that we try to speak and then other people have to work that out. Here's this. I, I felt like I was backsliding, so I crucified my old man and put on my new man. And, and now the fruit of the Spirit is evident and flowing in my life. Old man and new man. What the heck does that mean? I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb, I've been justified, sanctified, and reconciled, and now I'm living for Jesus. See, if you brought your friend in here, and there might be people in this room right now that are thinking, I have no idea what he just said, but I'll let it go because he's English, and if I ask him, he'll just speak loud at me and throw his arms around, so I don't want to ask him. <laughs> You see, there are times that I love Cliff, and then there are times that... See, but the thing is, what, what we have to remember, and we can be down on ourselves for that, and we, we should actually think about what we say, but every other community, every other society, every other club has their own language. They invent words, they invent or, or say phrases. I've just, I just joined a, uh, the Saskatoon Wildlife Federation the other day. And uh, it means I can go and use the gun range safely and take, take my kids there and wife there. And, but there's a language that they were using. I'm thinking, I have no idea what you just said. 
When Ben Abramoff talks to me about guns, about his 308 and his .30-06 and his, his rimfire and centerfire, I'm like, what did you just say? Now, most of you are Canadians will probably understand that. And I'm getting to know the language, but it's a separate language, and that's okay. Gun clubs have them. Hockey clubs have them. Cooking clubs have them. But can I say the church has to be different? Not that we don't have an, our own language and don't use words, but we have to be able to speak a language. Say those things that people understand what we're talking about. Jesus talked about sheep. He talked about agriculture. Why? Have you ever noticed that what, what was Jesus? What do we know his job was? What stories did he tell about carpentry? He didn't. He didn't. Maybe because it was a language that people didn't understand. He talked about what widespread population would understand. We have to do the same. And for people to belong here, for us to bring people in, we have to speak a language that people understand. And it's amazing how quickly, I was in the dog park a, a while back, and, and, and I heard, all I heard was two words from a guy. And I thought, he's not Canadian, he's English. And I think he's probably from the Northeast. Because all those, those two words, I think he probably said something like grass. Now, I know saying grass means that you're from the Northeast of England, not grass or whatever else. And so I, I spoke to him and I said, oh, where are you from? And he said, oh, I'm, from, I'm, I'm from Newcastle. I went, oh, so am I. And immediately we had this bond. It's amazing when we hear our own accent, our own language. In, in a group of people that don't speak that, we bond quickly. We understand each other. We, the church, have to help people, help each other feel at home by speaking the same language, saying things in a way that they understand. Did you know that there are over 7,000 distinct languages? I think at the moment, from what I understand, it's 7,108 distinct languages in the world. And many, many thousands more if you, if you include different dialects. There are 500 different dialects in North Italy alone. That's why when my friends from, who weren't from Newcastle, or, well, particularly from, the New, from Newcastle area, when they visited, they would say to me, I have no idea what these people are saying to me. The Geordies, and we have several of them. My friend Richie Lee is watching online. Hi to all you guys online. But if you ever listen to someone from Newcastle speak, it's really difficult. You see, you have no idea what I said. Hi, how are you? Could you pass your hammer over here to me, please? See, when you add those things in, imagine how many dialects, how many languages. But the problem is, is the full Bible has only been translated into 704 of the 7,108 languages. The New Testament has been translated into an extra 1,550 languages. That means only 10% of people groups in the world get to read the full Bible in their, full, in their own language. Only 10% get to read of the wonders of God in their language. Acts 2. I want to read the birth of the church. 
When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each, of, each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, Are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them, listen to this, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun and said they have had too much wine. So this is essentially what happened, and there's more. I encourage you to go away, maybe today, later on, and read the whole of Acts 2. It is an incredible account. It's one of my favorite full chapters in the Bible. I've gone through it so many times with different people and explored it, and I learn something new every time I read it. But first, let's go back, way back in time. Let's go back to the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11. You see, the account of Babel is that man decided they were going to build a, 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 a temple, a structure, because we are so powerful. We are so great. And they built this temple, and God looked down and said, they're getting too powerful, too self-centered. Let's confuse them. So God confused the language, and they split up. Why did God do that? Because they were building a monument to themselves. And as I look around at different times in churches and across Christendom, I ask this question, what if? What if there is still confusion around the Holy Spirit because we have made him a monument to ourselves? My baptism, my gifts, my feeling, my healing, my prophecy, my, 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 Delilah. Sometimes there's just words that come into my head. And they're not in my notes, and I need to learn to have a clutch between my brain and my mouth at times, but not always. <sighs> when we make the things of the Spirit about Him and what He has come to do, there is no confusion. I feel that too many times we have made it about us, and that's why there is confusion, fear, anxiety. And we push this, the Holy Spirit and the things that he's come to do away from us as, as individuals and as the church. You see, in, in Pentecost, which was, it was a feast, a Jewish feast. At Pentecost, the disciples were there, and God didn't reverse Babel. He didn't make everyone's language the same. He actually, when you read it and think about it this way, he reinforced our diversity. He didn't... Let everyone speak the same language. He empowered the disciples to speak in different languages. So they spoke to people in their own diverse languages. But telling of the wonders of God. See, in, in those few moments, the disciples were telling the story of Jesus across 
cultures, across language barriers. And when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we will tell of the wonders of God with our mouth. Our mouth so often is our pressure valve. When there's buildup inside, it will generally come out of our mouth, good or bad. In the Old Testament, in the book of Joel, and this is when you read through Acts 2, Peter quotes the book of Joel. He said that God's spirit will be poured out and they would all prophesy. And can I say that prophecy is less telling about you or me and more telling you about God. We have made it about ourselves, something else. Oh, prophesy over me and tell me my future. No, that's a horoscope. Prophecy is speaking life into people. It is telling people how good God is so that they are then enabled to live their life to the full. And the Feast of Pentecost reinforced diversity but smashed divisions. The Holy Spirit brings unity of purpose, not unity of method. The Holy Spirit in that moment reversed the division of mankind when he enabled people to speak the goodness of God in their own language. Galatians 3. 26 to 29 says this, You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seeds and heirs according to the promise. Saying that we're actually all in the same family. Same heritage. Same name, same DNA, same rights. This says, this passage says, I belong here. You belong here. Why? Because of the Holy Spirit. I belong here, not because I'm the same as everyone else, but because I add my difference, my diversity through the Holy Spirit who brings unity. I know we haven't got a lot of time, but just... Over here, which, which language is your first language? Shout, apart from English. Got any other languages spoken over in this group? Dutch? Vietnamese, yeah. Dutch, Vietnamese, what else? This is the bit where we have congregation participation. It's okay to shout out in church. You haven't got Tourette's, it's okay. What else? Mandarin, yeah. Filipino, Aruba, yep. What else? I'm moving across. Sprechen Sie Deutsch? Yeah. Ein bisschen auch. What else? I'll move on from the Germans quick because I made some German jokes and I'm in real trouble now. So, what else? <laughs> Me. At least no one said Klingon so far, so we're good. Come on, what else? Ukrainian, fantastic, yes. Uh, sorry? 
Oh, there is, I've told you there is no such thing. There is English and there is bad English, especially from Kiwis. What else? I didn't hear that one. Trucker. I'm not even going to go into that one because I've heard truckers speak, and that is definitely a different language. What else? Yep, Chinese, Norwegian, Russian, Dutch, Portuguese, Bontdeutsch, Deutsch, yep. That's bad German, for those of you that don't know. <laughs> Southern German. What else? French. Shona, my brother, yes. Anyone speak? We did have some, we had some uh, Kenyans here, and I'm sure they speak uh, Swahili. D speaks a tiny bit of Swahili. So we, in this place, we have so many different languages. And I, there's people that I'm asking, and you haven't said the language. So I know there is more than that. You see, but we're still one community. We're still one body. We're still one spirit. And today, Pentecost was the day the church was born and people heard the goodness of God, the wonders of God, the love of God, the forgiveness of God in their own language. We don't know what they were saying. But they heard something that drew them into that place. It's like I was saying, if you hear your own language, if I'm in Germany and I hear an English accent, I immediately gravitate towards them. If our German friends are here and they hear someone speaking German, they'll go. And so it was the same there that they heard the goodness of God in their own language and they immediately were drawn into that place. Why? Because language helps people belong here. And the Holy Spirit, I'm not saying he's going to enable us. I wish I could speak more German so I could communicate better with my mother-in-law. He's not saying that, but he's going to help me communicate to the people I know about his goodness. We need him to empower us to tell of his wonders more than ever. And if the first church needed it, then we need it all the more now. I belong here. I want you to think about this phrase. I. As we allow the Holy Spirit, as I allow the Holy Spirit into me, he makes me more like Jesus. Do you know, being more like Jesus makes us more. It makes us complete. It makes us fully human, not less human. Jesus was fully God and fully man. So as we become more like Jesus, we become fully human. I the Holy Spirit allows me, enables me, empowers me to become fully human. He allows me and empowers me to become fully I. Belong. As we allow the Holy Spirit into us, he brings unity where we, humanity, has caused division. He puts us in community and family. He makes us fully I, but fully community. Here. This is church. 
Here is church. And as we allow the Holy Spirit into our community, he brings life into the body of people that we are in. He makes us fully I, fully human. He makes us, he puts us in community and gets rid of division. And he breathes life into our community. We become more eloquent and confident witnesses to Jesus, what he did, what he's doing, and what he will do. See, the Holy Spirit caused them to speak a language that people understood. Do we? Do you? Do I? That's the question we have to think about. Are we so afraid, so anxious that we don't say anything? We've been so beaten by people saying, don't talk to me, keep your religion to yourself, that we've become afraid and we don't speak in a language that they understand. Has the Holy Spirit become not what sets us apart and unites us, but what divides us? The church should be a bridge, not a wall. We, I, should help people belong here, especially those that are least like us. 1 Peter 2 Verse 9 says this, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. Why? So that you might declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. We are priests. A priest, a traditional priest presented people to God. We bring people to God. But a prophet, a prophet spoke on behalf of God to the people. We are priests and prophets. We present people to God and we speak on behalf of God to people. And we have been chosen, we the church, we the followers of Jesus, both in this room and I'm speaking to you online as well, are chosen to speak about the goodness of God. We are to be the advertisement of God. To put it another way, We introduce people to Jesus. You don't need a platform, a microphone, a video to declare the wonders of God in your life. When we read the account in Acts 2, there was only one person that stood up and spoke to the crowd. But the rest declared the wonders of God in that situation. We all have a part to play. You, I belong here. We contribute here. We have a part to play, not just in church, but in declaring the goodness of God to the people in our world. Could I ask you right now, when you go home, could you speak to your neighbor about the wonders of God in a language that they understand? See, what, what's the language, though? There is the language of loneliness. There is the language of friendship. There is the language of fatherhood, of motherhood. There is the language of justice. There is the language of rejection. There is the language of acceptance. Those are the languages that people understand. Most of us have been rejected at some stage in our life. Can we speak how God accepts us? Can we speak about rejection? Jesus was rejected by men. Can we speak about loneliness? But bring the wonders of God into that. When we read the account that I read there, there's a response from people. Some people thought they were drunk. Some people ridiculed them. Some people accepted the message. 
They were curious. Imagine if we as individuals and as the church were completely filled and empowered with the Holy Spirit. Imagine if we, the church, spoke a language that people understood. I belong here because there are people who speak my language. Not the church just speaking their own language, but people speaking a language that I understand. I hear the accent. I relate to them. They make me, I gravitate towards them and they make me feel at home. That's the church that we are. What's the language that is empowered by the Holy Spirit? What language do we speak here? Well, we speak a welcoming language. We bring people in. We speak an investing language. We input and we empower people. We release them. We speak a servanthood language. We serve each other. We serve Jesus. We serve the greater mission of the church. We speak an encouraging language. We build people up, not tear them down. And we speak a Christ-like language. A language that shows people love. I want my life, my words, my actions to shout the wonders of God. I know they don't always. I know I mess it up. But I still want that for my life. I want to live and act in a way that corresponds with my words. The purpose of communication, I believe, for us as followers of Christ, is to tell the wonders of God, to introduce, to bring people to God. Say, this is the God I know. I don't know if you've met him before. I don't know if you've heard about him before, but this is the God that we serve. Do we declare what God has done in our life? You see, he loved us in our brokenness. He loved us to hold us. He loved us when we were bound up in our sin. He loved us in our failures and successes. He loved us when we did not love ourselves. Can you speak the language of the people around you? I believe we can because we are empowered to be witnesses, to speak a language that people understand by the Holy Spirit. When we do, not only will we belong here, but so will every single person that walks through our doors. Can we pray? Thank you, Jesus. Father God, we, we long for your spirit to empower us. We long for your spirit to move us. We long for your spirit to enrich us. I pray, God, that as we think Meditate on the Holy Spirit, that it will never be about us, but it will be about what he brings to us as the church, what he does to our lives, how he unifies us. God, I pray for those in this room that don't know you yet. Pray that something will have been said in a language that they understand, that draws them to you in the name of Jesus.